Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. are unbelievable this year. Coming up on TC Live at the U.S. Open, it's day seven and quarterfinal spots are on the line. Our latest coaching in the bigs previews the high-powered showdown between Big Foe and FAA. After a busy Saturday with five Americans in action, we'll show you who's heading home and who's moving on to work on Labor Day. And team's topic will be the bottom half of the men's draw, where opportunity abounds for some unusual suspects. It's a Sweet 16 Sunday fun day. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open. Our one-hour pregame show to get you ready for first ball in New York, where breakout stars and American hopes thrive at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. A lot to get to over the next 60 minutes, all the big highlights and interviews, plus what is the coaching strategy for Big Foe and FAA? And as always, defending champ Dominic Team back with his unique match analysis. The players getting ready to go, coming on site in New York. That's the world number two, Daniil Medvedev. High expectations as he is the only top ten player left in the bottom half of the men's draw. Plays Dan Evans, second on Ash today. How about Simona Halep going for her 400th tour level win? Yes, taking on Alina Svitolina has never lost to her at a major. And 2019 champion Bianca Andreescu still perfect in New York. 10-0 10-0 at the U.S. Open. A little off-day practice. Fourth-round matchup against Maria Sakari is coming up tomorrow. Come on into our studios. Welcome to TC Live at the U.S. Open. Steve Weissman, the Hall of Famer, Lindsey Davenport, Sports Illustrated 60 Minutes, John Wertheim. We have reached Middle Sunday from 256 down to 32 in singles. I don't know if it's the fans being back, What's but... This first week has been incredible. I can't believe it. Uh, it's the greatest first week of a Grand Slam tennis that I can remember ever seeing. And I thought maybe yesterday we might get a little dip in the excitement, and then here comes Shelby Rogers. But the thing I've noticed most about these fans is, obviously, they missed being here last year, so excitement about that. But I really feel like they're getting behind the Americans like I've never seen before. Even on the outside courts, you always knew you were going to get some fan support. But now it just seems like it's off the charts for all the Americans, and I think it's reflected in their play as well. Week two, you've got Riley Opelka-sized shoe to fill. I, I think it's interesting, though, what you said. Without Nadal, Federer, Serena, we talked about, 
it's really a different vibe. It's a different tournament. There really is this, this sense of hope and opportunity, and I think that is extended to the fans as well. It feels like a different tournament. We've got new stories. We've got teenagers. Yeah. It's exciting. And how about for the first time ever, Shelby Rogers looking to live up to this. We, we had always had an American woman in the round of 16 at the U.S. Open. The last hope was Shelby Rogers. Since she watched a video of Vita Scarolitis before the match, no one beats Vita 17 times in a row. She had never beaten Ash Barty. She said the same thing. Yeah, it was so huge for Shelby to get this first set under her belt, to give her some of that belief. Played a sensational first set, but you knew Ash Barty was going to come up with something different. A slight change in tactics, got a little bit more comfortable with Rogers' game plan. Rogers was doing a great job. She was handling the Barty slice and giving her back variety, but Barty went on to win 11 of the next 14 games. Put herself in a position again to close out a match, like she did in the first two rounds, couldn't serve it out. So, gave. Shelby a little bit of a lifeline there. Shelby holds and then breaks again. We're now going the distance in New York. Shelby had these fans rocking, and the tennis was at such a high level, especially down the stretch when you think, okay, players are going to get tired or maybe they get nervous. No, both these two really raised the level of their tennis, and it was Shelby Rogers who was able to come through in the end. Uh, all the feels for the pride of the low country. Shelby Rogers, believe it, was 0-4 against Ash Barty just this year. First win against a world number one. Finally figures out that Barty riddle. Let's hear from both players. How about that as we go inside the press room? Yeah, tough one, obviously. Um, it's never nice when, when you have a couple of opportunities to serve out a match and can't get it done, but... Look, a, a six and a third is, is brutal. It's a, it's a tough one to swallow, but it, it is what it is tonight. I'm, I mean, I found a way back into the match. I found a way to really turn it in my favour and just wasn't able to quite finish off. So it's disappointing, but, but we'll move on. I came here um, obviously excited for the last slam of the year, and I had a great run last year uh, making the quarterfinals. So it was a different kind of pressure, I think, than I've felt before. You know, I only did it once before at the French, so um, I was definitely very nervous before my first match, and I had some tough tournaments before that, some tough losses as well, uh, after starting the season pretty well, so tennis is very up and down, and I just wanted to um, try to find my game again here, and tennis is funny like that, too. It's... Uh Right when you're just like, why can I not hit a ball in the court? Then you do something like this, and you love the sport all over again. Gosh, you love to see it. Uh, we, we have a soft spot for Shelby Rogers. She's, she's a member of the TC family. So, Barty's out. Osaka's out. Shelby Rogers has actually been to the second week at a major more than the two-seat. Arena Sabalenka. You know, it's this weird thing where the women's draw on one hand, it's wide open, the top seat is out, Naomi Osaka, defending champion, is out, and yet there's still a lot of class players. How we can go through the list, Simona Halep and Muguruza, and we go down the list, Sabalenka is the highest remaining seed. She has never been to a major final, but Shelby Rogers, what an opportunity. Is, is there a player with a bigger gap between sweetness and then toughness? I mean, she's a real competitor and then she stops playing tennis, and she sat up here with us. You saw the perspective in that press room, and yet she battles in these matches. Yeah, she talked about it also after that win, how her knee surgery, she was out of the game for 15 months, and she had times where she wasn't sure she was going to be able to come back. 
on the pro tour, let alone at a high level. But you can see how hard she's worked. I mean, she is a different player out there than if you go back five, six years, even before the knee injury, the knee surgery, all the hard work that she has put in. It, you could see it last night in a match like that, not getting tired in a third set breaker, being able to run down almost everything that Barty threw at her. We're obviously huge fans, really, of both players. I mean, you won't find two more well-liked players in the locker room. And the respect that they showed each other during the match and after the match is just high class on the WTA. Yeah, they spoke so kindly about one another in press. And then before press, Shelby gave Ash a big hug. So, Shelby Rogers, who will she meet in the fourth round? 18-year-olds are becoming the new big three in tennis. How about Emma Raducanu looking to join Carlos Alcaraz and Leila Fernandez in the fourth round? Lindsay, she opened a bakery against Sarah Cerebes Tormo. What is going on with these 18-year-olds? One, they're so composed. Two, they know how to get the crowd behind them. And three, they are not faltering on the big stage. And this could have been a very tough test for Radakanu. Cerebos Tormo is one of those players that never makes life easy for her opponents. Radakanu sure made it look easy. She was absolutely blasting the ball from the back of the court. She spent most of the match inside the baseline. The variety of Soribe's Tormo did not face her at all, ripping winners from all over the court. Think, what, can she back up her Wimbledon round of 16, given how it ended as well with the anxiety attack? Yes, I can. I'm going to go through the qualifying at the U.S. Open, and I'm going to show these New York fans just what I'm all about. This was probably the most impressive performance yesterday. The 18-year-old from Great Britain has now dropped just 28 games in six matches through qualifying and has become the first player this century to make the second week of both of her first two Grand Slam main draw appearances. She gets Shelby Rogers. Iga Sviantek, the only woman this year who has made the round of 16 at all four majors. Some great matchups in the top half of the draw. So the women's number one is out. What about the top seed on the men's side? Novak Djokovic continuing his quest for the Grand Slam. Taking on Kei Nishikori for the 20th time, John. Nobody beats Kei Nishikori 17 times in a row, except for uh, the guy in white. Nishikori steals that first set, which is really encouraging. These guys played last month at the Olympics, and Nishikori won two games. So good on him for winning the set, but there was a feeling that, all right, Novak's going to have to dig a little deeper and win this thing in four. I'm not sure you quite had that upset buzz in the best-of-five format. And Novak tightened the screws a little bit, got an early break in the second set, and then was sort of Novak at his Novak best, uh, getting to everything, the shot-making, the returning. Also, Novak Djokovic has been serving up a storm. He wants the crowd to get into it, wants to feel the love of the crowd, and for the most part, uh, they gave it to him yesterday after that first set it was really all Djokovic you see him take the second he is pumped up he also gave the fans some nice racket displays and some nice shot making here 17 aces overall for Novak got his teeth into the Nishikori service games he wants to engage with the crowd he was stung that they weren't engaged with him earlier in the tournament and uh, yesterday went to making some amends what's this point here that's a nice piece of stick work there. That's a nice point to play in the final game of the match. And what could have been a sticky match for Novak ends up being quite routine on and four sets. Four matches to go, guys. 
four wins from history and the Grand Slam for Novak Djokovic. What did you make of his response? Uh, you know, a, a little bit of pressure losing that first set. Yeah, I thought he did a, a fantastic job there. For Nishikori to have any chance when you're, you haven't beaten someone in 16 times, you got to win the first set, and especially against Novak at a major. Nishikori able to do that. What's the next step? you got to take advantage if you have any more opportunities. Nishikori had seven break points early in that second set, couldn't convert them, and you felt like, okay, once Novak got over that hurdle, he really played perfect tennis and was able to get through them pretty comfortably. And we, we say a lot that best of five gives you that extra padding and sample size. We really saw it yesterday. I mean, Nishikori won that first set, and if this is a conventional tournament, you'd say six games away from the upset. Yesterday, there was a real sense, and at Djokovic, you could clearly sort of intuited this as well. as like, all right, I've got to reset and settle, but there wasn't that panic and... Once it got that early break in the second, it was all Novak. It looks like the crowd is starting to warm yeah, up to Novak yeah, as well. He's using it. He's we trying. Can, yeah. Give him a lot of credit for that. Exactly. They're going to run with the wolf. They're, they're all going to get those T-shirts <laughs> that his wife has. All right, how about three American men looking to join Francis Tiafo in the fourth round? We start with Jack Sock on the comeback, trying to get his biggest win against Sasha Zverev. This first set, John, was insane. That's one of the 18 winners in that set alone that Jack hit. This was lock and load forehands. This is the Jack Sock who was able to penetrate the top ten briefly uh, a few years ago. Do look at the wrapping, however, on Sock's legs. He played a five-setter in his previous round. This is early, early in the match, Lindsay. He's already getting work on that upper right leg. That's not a great sign. And Jack Sock won this first set with outright belting, but I don't know if you saw him there. Coming up limping, he was looking at his box. He was grimacing, and by the fourth set, watch this defense here by Zvera. We think of him as an offensive player. Watch this, making your opponent hit the extra ball. A, a knockout blow, as it were. Sock uh, not only loses the point, but loses his footing. You see him grimacing there again. The, the upper right leg was the injury. And this, this was about 100 minutes of really entertaining, high-quality tennis. And then, uh, again, following the five-setter, Sock just didn't have it physically. Yeah, forced to retire from this match. But what an effort, especially that first set was prime Jack Sock. Riley Opelka. More than just a serve bot against Nicholas Basilashvili, LD. He was a break bot. He was an everything bot. Exactly. It's so great to see. Almost a third of Opelka's service points are aces. But that doesn't even tell the story. He broke serve five times when all parts of his game are working. Look out. He was able to handle the power of Basilashvili. He's making returns. He's coming to net. He's moving well. And the fans. Again, we keep talking about it. They have gotten behind the big fella. How about this? He said his surf and forehand can get better. Watch out, Lloyd Harris, in the next round. Meantime, the legend of Jensen Brooksby continues to grow. He is to the U.S. Open, John, what Aslan Karatsev was in Australia. And yesterday, he had to outfight the Russian. Hey, you. I know you. There's a lot of symmetry between these two players. They both have started out, outside the top 100 Top 300 in Brooksby's case, he played a five-setter in his previous match. How would he hold up? Just fine, it turned out. Look at that. The drop shot off the two-handed backhand sets up the point. These two played at the French Open, and Karatsev won. You think Brooksby uh, gets the American crowd into this? What a nice comeback effort for, again, a 20-year-old who isn't necessarily used to playing five-setters. Closes this out. That's the good news. The less good news, he gets to know about Djokovic next. But what an effort from the kids from Sacramento. Hadn't played an ATP main draw match before July. Uh, so three American men into the U.S. Open fourth round for the first time in a decade. Jensen Brooksby, the youngest since our guy Andy Roddick in 2002. 
Let's take a look at the order of play, starting with our featured matches on Arthur Ashe. Lindsay, it begins with Svitolina and Halep. You've got Foe and FAA. My goodness, what another blockbuster day. Yeah, we've got another day of great tennis coming. I'm not sure what. Okay, TFO, OJ, Aliassi, my match of the day out on Arthur Ashe. A couple major champions at the bottom there, Krejcikova and Muguruza. Then we see Louis Armstrong and Grandstand. John, you've got a bunch of options. I like lefty-lefty in that second match. Kerber and Fernandez, the only two lefties left in the women's side. And then Merton, Sabalenka, they've played, I can't remember, I want to credit whoever said this, and I'm forgetting who was. They've played 78 times. But uh, I think 71 of those were as doubles partners. That's right. So uh, now say, they do battle. What? They had to they're, they're U.S. Open doubles champs exactly. two years ago. Uh, Sabalenka, certainly the favorite there. How about Layla Fernandez, though? Can she back up the win against um, Osaka? Much different circumstance. That's always a big test of a young player. Kerber? 23rd time in the second week of a major. A lot of experience there. All right, Dominic Team is coming up on TC Live. He'll make his picks for the fourth round, plus a remarkable story by our Leslie Allen from the 1995 U.S. Open that helped save a life. It is a must-watch. Stay with us on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Marcus by Goldman Sachs. You can money with Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back. There is Team Golf, Corey. Corey, but call me Coco. And the rest of the team walking in. Still alive in the doubles. Third round with Katie McNally. A reminder, Tennis.com is more than just a website. It is your home for the entire sport. Breaking news, real-time match scores, player profiles, much, much more. Every day of the Open, Steve Tigner, check it out. He's got his three to see. Kale Hammond makes his pick on Betting Central. Log on now. Tennis.com. Here is Nick from Fox Weather with today's forecast. I'm meteorologist Nick Koser, and here's your U.S. Open weather forecast. It'll be a nice day in Flushing Meadows with a comfortable high of 75 degrees, but mostly cloudy, and we may see a stray shower late in the day. For more information, go to foxweather.com. Precise, personal, powerful Fox Weather, coming in October. No people in the stands just yet. We're going to tell you what's coming up throughout the week. Our daily coverage here of the U.S. Open begins with TC Live. The people, Lindsay, John, myself, Dominic Team, he's a star in the stands here on TC Live. 10 a.m. Eastern every day. Live coverage begins today, 11 a.m. Eastern, top of the hour on ESPN. And we've got encore coverage on Tennis Channel at midnight Eastern following that. When we come back, Lindsay tells you what Francis Tiafo needs to do to win today. Back on TC Live, how about this? Under the lights on Arthur Ashe Stadium tonight, it is a battle of electrifying young guns. Francis Tiafo, Felix Oje Aliassime playing for the first time on the sport's biggest stage. 
To break down today's match, it's time for Coaching in the Bigs, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. We've got our Hall of Fame coach, Lindsey Davenport, here to break it down. Player. We Player and coach. Player. We nominated you. Hall of Fame for everything you do. Yeah, right. You stole, my, you stole my adjective, electrifying. Mm. It, it's huh. going to be absolutely electric out on Arthur Ashe tonight. What a matchup we have, Oje Aliassim and Tiafo. But Steve... They both need to do, and John, a couple of things to win their match. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the shot making is going to be off the charts out there. But for Oje Eliassim, it's all about first strike tennis, something he did so well against Batista Agut the other night. He was serving well. And when Oje Eliassim serves well, it sets himself up for a better first shot, more in the court, being able to attack. Also, the return to serve. He was so aggressive against Bautista Agut's serve. He was able to get ahead in so many of the rallies. And Oje Aliassim, we know his troubles with his serve. He's got to serve well in this match against Tiafo. One thing Tiafo did so well against Rublev was put massive pressure on the Russian with his second serve return. Steve, I've never seen a male player stand that close to the service line to return second serve. <laughs> Sneak attack by foe. Exactly. He was, he was determined. And that's exactly what he needs to do against Oje Alisim, who at times has had a shaky second serve. But Francis has been absolutely ripping the ball. He's confident playing this aggressive tennis. That needs to continue for foe tonight against Felix. I don't know if you even if you saw in those highlights, how many points did Francis end up at the net? Yeah. He's approached more than a hundred times in his first three matches. We talk about X's and O's and second serves. I wonder, how much of this, Lindsay, is just about the moment? It's Sunday night. It's New York. We have one American and one non-American. I think Felix actually comes from closer to New York than. Francis does. How much of this is the, the occasion, the moment, versus the X's and O's? Mm, I'm going to say over 80 85% is playing this big a match on Arthur Ashe Stadium court. And the fans, what is the X factor of the fans? I mean, Francis has that unique ability to get everyone in the stadium behind him. He was absolutely awesome after he beat Rublev, giving them high fives <laughs> on the scoring table. Uh, the fans can play a big part of this. But you still have to go out and execute. And for Oje Aliassim, in some big matches, that serve has let him down. He's done a lot of work on that serve. Let's see if it holds up tonight. The personalities are yeah. so different yeah, right. between these two contrasts and styles. What are your keys to this match, Lindsay? Well, for each player, there are a couple of keys. And for Francis, that energy. Feed off the electricity of the crowd. Talked about putting all sorts of pressure on the Oje Aliassim second serve. And also take care of his own service game. Sometimes Francis can lose Lose his focus a little bit. He's got to maintain it throughout this match. Oje Aliassim, the same thing. He's got to be able to take advantage. If Francis does have a dip in his play at any time, aggressive to big targets. He doesn't want to make those silly errors. Give himself like about a foot in from all the sidelines. And again, that first strike tennis is going to be huge. Friends, but have never played each other before, which is what we said about Francis and Rublev as well. And the athletes always say, one match at a time, one game at a time. We look ahead. The winner plays the winner of Alcaraz Goyavchev. So uh, a big, big opportunity for both of these guys. I wonder if that doesn't play into this as well. And just like he did against Rublev, Francis said, I know we're friends. I'm coming for yeah. you. I'm coming for you, Felix. This has been Coaching in the Bigs, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Cannot wait for Francis and Felix to go head-to-head. Can't wait to see Dominic Team. He is coming up shortly to preview today's matches. John Wertheim has his awesome stat of the day. And we'll have Leslie Allen's remarkable story from the 1995 U.S. Open. Take a look at this. Alina Svitolina and Simona Halep both getting ready to go for their match first up on Arthur Ashe today. And they are warming up side-by-side. 
5-4 head-to-head for Svitolina, but it's 2-0 at Majors for Hallett. Back after this. Tennis is a family, as is Tennis Channel, and we'd like to welcome former top 20 pro Leslie Allen to our family. Now, technically, love means nothing in our sport, but 26 years ago at the U.S. Open, Leslie Allen learned that the love of her tennis family meant everything. I'm Leslie Allen, and if you don't know me, I'm a champion tennis player. I've been a WTA board member, a tournament director, a sponsor liaison. My passion right now is being a win-for-life mentor. But when I joined the WTA tour, I didn't realize that I was joining a really special global community, one that would impact me for the rest of my life. And when I learned about it was when I was a mom in need. Like many players, I marked time by the tennis calendar. In 1995, my daughter Rachel was born during the Australian Open. Fast forward to the French Open, what was just a normal visit to the doctor's office became her suddenly being admitted into the emergency room. A series of tests over days and days were being made. They were testing her for anything and everything. And finally, they came back with the diagnosis, hemophagocytic lymphohistiocytosis, the very rare blood disease. If she was able to get better, then she could potentially have a bone marrow transplant to survive. They tested all the family members. None of us were a match, so that meant we needed to have an unrelated bone marrow donor. I'm thinking, maybe we could have a donor drive at the U.S. Open. The donor drive was going to be held inside the U.S. Open ladies' locker room. So for the entire day, there were streams of people. And it was really like the who's who of professional tennis. Because the tournament director was there. The ATP staff was there. Lines people were there. Umpires were there. The referee was there. Players were there. Coaches were there. Media was there. All the while, Rachel was there. She had these steroid puffy cheeks from her medication and she just laid there like a little angel. After the bone marrow drive, after the U.S. Open, obviously now everyone feels like they have a vested interest in Rachel. This, this now also is their child, not just my child. So that was usually the first question that was asked. How's Rachel? Is she still in the hospital? 
amazingly, she started to get better to the point where she did not need a bone marrow transplant anymore. Over the years, she would say, Mom, why does everybody know me? Why are they always so excited to see me? And I'm like, because they were in that room donating blood so you could find a donor and live. So when they see you, they are just so excited. You're part of them. They're part of you. And she's fine, a vibrant young woman, now a, a coach at a college for volleyball, and part of the tennis community in a different way, without even hitting a ball. What a beautiful story, and it actually gets even better. A few years after the 1995 U.S. Open, Leslie was contacted by a television producer who was a part of that bone marrow drive, and she found out that because of that, she was actually a match for someone else, ended up donating her bone marrow and saving a life. Absolutely remarkable, and, and obviously you were part of that. What do you remember from back then? Oh, gosh, I do remember that day. It's like bringing tears to my eyes, but... Um, of course, we all knew who Leslie was, and she was such an integral part of the tour. Um, and I remember when she stepped away because of her daughter's illness, and then being in that locker room that day. I was only 19, so it's hard to maybe grasp exactly what a parent's going through with a sick child now at 45 with four kids. I'm, I'm a little bit more equipped, but I just remember everyone coming into the locker room and thinking, what, you know, knowing that they were doing the bone marrow drive, but just thinking, this is so amazing. We, as she said, I mean, linesmen, anyone involved in the tournament, men, players, coaches, um, it, it was truly remarkable. It was one of those days where you look around in the tennis world and you see everyone coming together again back in the mid-90s and you think, wow, I, I really am part of something special here. A, a welcome to Leslie, uh, first African-American woman to win a WTA title. I, I watched that and I thought of a few things. One of them was it's a periodic reminder, which I think is helpful and healthy. Real life happens to athletes and we see them as, as stars and we see them on big courts, but they're not immune from the life that everyone goes through. And also, you know, you, you talk about the locker room, Lindsay. It's a workforce, and we forget. These are colleagues. These are people that travel the world together, and they're on opposite sides of the net sometimes when they compete. But this, this is the place of employment, and this is what you do with coworkers. Yeah, I can't believe Rachel now. It was yeah, awesome right, to exactly. see her picture now as a grown woman. Oh, my goodness. I remember that baby. So With those cheeks. Yeah. yeah. So, so special. And once again, a warm welcome to Leslie Allen, now a part of our Tennis Channel family. Looking forward to seeing her work across all of our platforms. Much more still to come here on TC Live. Layla Fernandez. It's going to be lefty on lefty action. How will she respond after the biggest win of her life? Takes on Angie Kerber later today. And the defending men's champion, there he is, Dominic Team. It's our daily dose of Dommy. It's coming up next. In his fourth Grand Slam final, Dominic Team becomes a champion for the first time. It has been a long time coming for this man. He has worked so hard to be in the winner's circle. Time to get our daily dose of Dami, the defending U.S. Open men's champion, Dominic Team, joining us throughout the U.S. Open as he recovers from a wrist injury. Always great to see you, Dami. And 
We know that, that your mom gets a tattoo after all of your massive victories. So after the U.S. Open, your first major title, what was the tattoo for Mama? <laughs> yeah, hello, everybody. Uh, it was the Statue of Liberty. Um, I think it's yeah, one of the most famous buildings from New York. And so she decided to do that. The Statue of Liberty. Love that. So once you win Roland Garros, maybe the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> we, we shall see. Uh, we're going to break down some highlights from yesterday with you, Dominic. Uh, the rise of Italian tennis has been throughout the tennis world. The next gen is in Milan. The ATP finals are in Turin. And how about a couple superstars on the court? Matteo Berrettini yesterday stopping Ilya Avachka's eight-match win streak. You played Berrettini earlier this year. What makes him so challenging? Yeah, I mean, such a huge serve he has and uh, one of the best forehands in the game. Um, and he improved many things. I played him for the first time uh, French Open 2018. And uh, back then, when I played him on the backhand, I was kind of safe. But he improved that so much. Um, he has a great slice. So it's he saves himself often with that great slice. And uh, to get to his forehand again. And uh, that's what he improved. And obviously, he has a great year with the Wimbledon finals, where he was not that far off from from beating even Nora. And uh, yeah, but but still, his biggest weapons are um, serve and forehand. But he improved the backhand so much to to get to those weapons, and uh, that made him so strong. We saw Novak be able to handle Berrettini in the Wimbledon final. Is he potentially a bigger threat? In a quarterfinal, where those two are kind of, looks like they're going to meet up. I would say it's uh, it's similar in uh, in the quarters, in the potential quarters. Um, but the, the difficult thing for Matteo against Norda is that Norda is the best returner in the game, so he will get a, back a lot of serves, and then. Um, backhand to backhand, it's I mean it's almost impossible to beat Novak, and he, because of his great return, he often comes in in this pattern in the rallies, backhand to backhand, and then Novak is is simply the better player there. So if he can't avoid that enough, Matteo, it's gonna be very difficult again. So Berrettini, gotta find that forehand, get get out of the backhand to backhand rallies. Uh, Dominic, we, we've got Berrettini. Then we've got the twenty-year-old from Italy, Yannick Sinner, taking on Gael Monfils yesterday. What did you think of this match? That was fun to watch, and uh, I mean, it was mentally so strong from from Yannick because obviously he was up uh, for love in the fourth set. Uh, and uh, lost it 6-4, and that's very, very difficult to digest. But uh, he settled himself again and played a very solid fifth set, and uh, he's only 20 years old, so that was mentally super, super strong for such a young player. It's funny, Dominic. Sinner is from the Italian Alps. He's closer to you. He's closer to Vienna than he is to the population centers of Italy to Rome. That was a, a very impressive closeout. We were talking yesterday about how this was a nice contrast in styles, but also personalities. This lived up to the hype. But Dominic, I, I, I want to ask you, Sinner has Zverev next. He beat him at the French Open last year. Is he ready to take that next step? I mean, is, is he someone we should think about as a contender or still at age 20? Is he he's still sort of step by step? Not yet as a contender for the title, I would say. Um, definitely in the in the next one, two, three years. Um, but 
he's facing uh, Sasha, who is in, in such a hot streak, and uh, he's definitely the favorite in this match. But he was playing solid, and uh, I think it's it's an important thought of, of Yannick that he already beat him at a slam. But uh, for me, Sasha right now is, is in a hotter form, so he's the favorite in this one for me. Guys, what, 14 matches in a row, but... Sinner has beaten him at a major before. We'll see. Excited for that one. Uh, Dami, we're going to get you to break down some of today's matches when we come back on TC Live. Is this what the tattoo looks like? We've got our own (laughs) Statue of Liberty over there. (laughs) That's pretty similar. (laughs) (laughs) More Dominic team when we come back. TC Live at the U.S. Open. Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. Team Davenport, Weissman, and Wertheim back with you on TC Live at the U.S. Open. Wertheim has his stat of the day. John, what do you got? If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Uh, Three qualifiers into the fourth round, and look at the one in the middle, Oscar Atta, who lost. He, had, he was down match point twice in qualifying, and now look, he's in the second week of a major. That is a high since the 1995 French Open when, check notes, it was Eunice, Helenawi, Scotty Draper, and Adrian Boinea. Dominic team, I want to ask you, we talk all the time, we have this cliche about nothing to lose, but realistically, what's it like being on the other side of the net when your opponent is someone like Oscar Atta, who is really playing with house money and uh, is, is lucky just to be alive in the tournament. What's it like facing a qualifier this late in a tournament like that? Um, it's in the, I mean, in the first round or, or second round, they already had three matches. And um, I know it from myself, from my first Grand Slam tournament I played. Um, you qualify and you feel so great. I mean, you, you beat three very good players. You know the conditions. Uh, everything is fine. And it feels like it doesn't matter who you're going to face, what the draw is going to look like, you you see your chance to win. And I mean, uh, I know Scott has seen such a long time, played against him in the first time with when we were just 16. And I mean, those are dangerous players. And once they have a good feeling and then they get self-confidence, they can go very far. Speaking of dangerous players, Dominic, let's talk about your guy, your sleeper pick. The 18-year-old Carlos Alcaraz takes on Peter Goyavchek today. Alcaraz could become the youngest man in the Open era to get to the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open. How does he uh, avoid a letdown after that big win against Tsitsipas? We have to see. I mean, it's it's difficult. Um, things shifted a little bit uh, since that match, obviously, because uh, against Tsitsipas he was the underdog, nothing to lose. And uh, he was playing amazing. If he plays like that today against uh, Goyovchik, he's probably going to win. But uh, he's not a favorite. And uh, I don't know if if he looks ahead in the draw, but he's going to face Francis or Felix. They are not impossible for him either to beat. And uh, as I said, things shifted. He's the favorite now. And uh, also we have to see how he digested the match physically. It was super, super tough. And not only physically, but also mentally. But if he can keep the level of uh, the Tsitsipas match, uh, he can play semis as well. But um, it all depends on him now, which which is also a difference than 
than the, the previous rounds. And uh, we'll see. I'm super curious for that match as well. Um, Goyovchik is a good friend of mine. I played with him on Futures already. So uh, two great guys facing off. Can't wait to see that. Diego Schwartzman also in action later today. He's been under the radar. He hasn't lost a set. Should we be keeping a closer eye on Diego at this year's U.S. Open? Yeah, I mean, he played quarters in, in many Grand Slams now already. And then Sam is at the French Open. He's very experienced now. Um, that's that's the difference to uh, Carlos Arcaras, for example. And uh, he faces an, an underdog as well, a qualifier, Van de Sanchurp. Um, but Diego, I think he's experienced enough and also good enough. So he doesn't let, or I don't think he's going to let that chance go. And we'll see him in the quarters once again. All right. What I got out of all that is the sleeper has potentially gone to a semifinalist in, in Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, that is our daily dose of Dami. Always wonderful to have you on the show, Dominic. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. You too. Thank you. Yeah. See you tomorrow. Where in the world will Dominic be tomorrow? He's got a different background every day. We love it. Uh, that is Daniil Medvedev warming up, getting ready to go. It's the only matchup of seeded players on the men's side today. We've got Evans, Dan Evans, and Daniil Medvedev. Looking forward to this one. Tennis Channel Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, Lindsey, John, and Steve, a lot to get to. Three minutes till first ball, Lindsey. It's the speed round. Okay. Uh, Angie Kerber, 18-3 and three since yep. the start of the grass court campaign. Layla Fernandez just beat Naomi Osaka. What do you see here? Uh, we just heard from Dominic Team. Can Alcaraz back up his big win? Same question for Layla Fernandez. So hard when you're coming from Ash in a night match and the fans are all into it, the biggest win, and then all of a sudden you're out on Armstrong and... People are kind of in and out of their focus. I think Kerber, with her experience, I, I think she's a pretty heavy favorite. But I'd love to see the teenager put up a, a match her performance as she played against Osaka. Yeah, beat one U.S. Open champ. Now gets another former U.S. Open champion. You said this earlier. Uh, Elisa Mertens and Arena Sabalenka played 79 times. <laughs> 67 together in doubles, including winning the U.S. Open two years ago. Uh, what do you make of this matchup? This is their eighth encounter, 5-2 to Sabalenka. I'm, I'm curious. Playing your doubles partner, it adds a dimension. Um, I mean, Sabalenka is the highest seed remaining. Big opportunity for her. She seemed to have recovered well from that fall she took in, oh. in round three. I don't know. What, what, what's it like when the player on the other side of the net is someone you know so well? Yeah, it is so hard, and they know each other's games. So they haven't played together much this year, so maybe that changes. But also, Mertens, she saved six match points to get to this round. Sometimes yeah. you feel like you're a little more free when you maybe think you – could already be home. Looking to reach her third straight quarterfinal at Flushing Meadows. And then the big one, 7 Eastern on Ash. Francis Tiafo, Felix Auger-Aliassime. Out of the lights, never played before. Hard to believe, only two years in age separate them. They seem like they're almost different generations. But like Lindsay said, I think this is much about the occasion as X's knows. Yeah. Uh, I'm liking Francis yeah. because of the crowd and how well he's played. And I, I love how hard he's worked to get to this point again. Yeah, 
I'm going with you there. Okay, perfect. I, I, I want to see him flex. Yeah. I want to rip the shirt. Okay. But we love Felix, too. We do. Yep. Yeah, friend of the show. Yep. But, I mean, it's got to pick one. <laughs> Billy Jean King, the legend, going to join us tomorrow on TC Live. We are all in on that. For Lindsay Davenport, John Wertheim, Dominic Team, our entire Tennis Channel team, I'm Steve Weisman. Thanks for joining us on TC Live. The action begins over on ESPN in moments. Tennis Channel Live back with you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern. Good stuff. Good. Best. Good show. Day Thanks, seven.